serving up at the breakfast buffet. I'm very excited about this one. New York City Teacher of the Year, Pedro Donez, AKA the big action, AKA the big action. And we talked about a lot, you know, especially with uh, school opening up, talked about virtual learning, remote learning. So I hope you guys will get a lot out of it and I hope you guys will enjoy. Here we are, a very special guest. I'm excited for this one. New York City Teacher of the Year, Pedro Donez, aka the Big Action. Big Action. AKA the Big Action. Baby. The Big Action, baby. <laughs> What's up, my man? Great award. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, in the interest of transparency, they uh, they handed out 19 of these bad boys, so I, I'm in good company. But um, as they say in the business, uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. It's <laughs> gangster, it's gangster material right there. So thanks a lot, man. I'm happy to be here. I've been, I've been waiting. I know, me. I know. I've been, I've been wanting to get you on, <laughs> but now we're like in the almost the end of September, and you know, you're a teacher, so this whole month has probably been the craziest month probably ever. You know, being a teacher, right? It's interesting. Um, before the world decided to do what it, you know what it did, Yeah, there was a lot of superlatives that would be thrown out in regular day-to-day -day, uh, uh, vernacular. And the word crazy, or that's nuts, or insane. You say that for casual stuff. Oh, I got a flat tire. Oh, man, that's yeah. crazy. All right. Literally, everything that's been happening the last several months, including the month of September, have been, by definition, crazy. Right. <laughs> so September has been... Um, I don't even know if it's a, a roller coaster. Because uh -huh. the thing with a roller coaster is... Uh, you know when it's going to stop. Mm -hmm. You've been waiting online. You've been watching. You've kind of timed the jumps. Yeah. This is like the ride that spins you around, and you don't know when it's going to stop. And you're yeah. just like, as long as I don't puke. Right. So I've been just trying to not <laughs> let everyone know down below how I'm feeling about yeah. this ride. Well, some roller coasters, you're waiting in line for an hour and a half. You get in the roller coaster. It's two minutes, not even 30 seconds. King yeah. of Ka is like 30 seconds. King. <laughs> Yeah, this, this, this ain't no king to car. <laughs> well, it, this roller coaster is if if the summer was the line, this school year is the roller coaster. Except this roller coaster is gonna last ten months. <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah. So you know the the whole pandemic hit in March, right? And you guys were in school, and then bam, you got hit with this big pandemic. And one of the big reasons why you won this award was because how you were able to adapt and overcome during this pandemic. Yeah, so um, the thing that, that people don't, or maybe they do realize is that, you know, you, you want to be a master of your craft, regardless of what that is. And what this pandemic did was put every master of their craft on their head, from doctors to nurses to firefighters to, to the cops. Like, whoever was the best in their field in that was all of a sudden hit with something that they were not prepared for. Right. And for teachers, you know, I've, I've been a teacher going on 13 years. And the way we've been taught to teach, you know, when I was in school, the teacher stood in the front, he told you what to do, she told you what to do, and you did it, and you went home. And it transitioned to, you know what, maybe it'd be great if you worked with other of your peers, and maybe it'd be great if the teacher didn't talk for 45 minutes, and mm -hmm. he just facilitated. And in a matter of three days, everything that I've been working on for 12 years, was hey um you gotta work from home now on a computer figure it out and there's no one to blame in that and mm -hmm. I, I think I, I think that's something that i haven't really said and i and i'm you know what better place to say it than the rage has the breakfast buffet baby you get anything at the breakfast buffet um that no one was at fault no mm -hmm. one knew what was going on right and all of a sudden you're thrust into this landscape of you have to figure it out and everyone had to figure it out at the same time. And then, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a great co-teacher. Mm -hmm. Me and her are like, you know, we always make the joke that we're like Forrest and, and, and Bubba, maybe dating myself there. <laughs> we like to say, hey, you know, we're a good partnership because we, we stick together. Um, she got COVID. Uh -huh. And she was on a ventilator for three weeks and it was touch and go. I mean, it was the epitome of touch and go. But I still had to work. 
Right. The kids still had to learn. The kids had to learn. The kids must learn. The kids must learn. And um, I just, I, I, I made the decision that, like, talking in front of a computer wasn't where it was at. Mm-hmm. It was boring. It was monotone. It was the antithesis of what Mr. Donuts was in the classroom. So I just made a YouTube channel. I started performing. And, and a lot of it wasn't just for the kids, you know. I don't know about you, but... I had a lot of people calling me out of the blue and like, hey man, I need help with this math homework. Mm-hmm. Like family, uh, um, colleagues from other schools. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, what if I put it on YouTube? Anyone can, Anyone can watch it. Right. And that's yeah. kind of how it went down. So that's, next thing you know, we've got the Mr. Donuts Awesome Math Network. And um, funny story, you want to know uh, why it's called the network? Why? Why is it? Because at the moment when I was creating it on YouTube, mm-hmm. I forgot how to spell the word channel. <laughs> oh, look who's here. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey. Bella's oh, wait. Also here. Wave, wave to the camera. Hey, guys. Bella's Not So this is perfect lead into hey, it. Not only are you Bella's Teacher of the here. Year and Mr. Nice <laughs> and Big Action, you also have two kids, a family. Right? Yeah, so. How did you balance all that? <laughs> and a wrestler. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a, I have a great wife. You know, who's also a worker, Tina San Antonio. She was here. Oh. Boys will be boys. The boys will be boys. Um, you know, boys must play. He was doing the remote learning. And um, I think that we have... Hey, you want to go upstairs so I can finish this, please? Okay? Go upstairs. I love you. I'm waiting for the door. I know. Go upstairs and lock the door. Uh. Right? I love you. Just be quiet. I love you, too. <laughs> Killing me, small you know, the, the the pandemic made us, um, what, what people didn't realize is like, you know, we have a lot of high expectations. And when this happened, what happened was like, there were no expectations, but there were expectations that you had to do your job. Mm-hmm. So it, it allowed for the possibility of being creative. And that's where the whole concept of the channel came back, where it was like, all right, I can use YouTube, I can use Instagram. Hi. I can use all these these things that will allow me to reach as many people as, as possible. And it was because I had time to do it. Like right. I was home. Right. I was home. My son was remote learning, um, which was, you know, I, I saw how his teacher was going through it. I empathized with her. Um, and it's... it's Because you're home all day, right? Yeah. It's, it's weird because I... Um, I never would have thought of myself as like a hard worker. And I know that might sound odd, but it was more about, I didn't feel like I was working hard. I felt like I had a purpose and so, and, it, and I had to be there for my students. And everything I was doing was for my students who all of a sudden, forget about, I they didn't have me, I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. So, and let's not forget, you're you're teaching in the Bronx, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're teaching. There's a lot of misconceptions about the youth today. You know, everyone assumes kids have uh, really expensive shoes and clothes, and they all have cell phones. And I'll tell you, in my homeroom, in my homeroom, I probably had, you know, maybe 15 of my kids had cell phones. Uh-huh. And it's not like they had 15 iPhone 11s. Yeah, they had like phones that serve the purpose mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you know you're acting a kid who maybe has like an iphone 5 because his yeah. mom gave it to him right and it's a 3g and it's it doesn't have the greatest internet or whatever yeah. adults got bad phone service yeah. now it's like do your all your homework on it right, yeah. so my thing was i gotta reach the kids i gotta let them know things are gonna be okay mm-hmm. even though i'm not sure and the best way to do that was through venues such as just youtube you know today's generation of kids don't they don't watch tv yeah you know? so on youtube instagram twitter like no Kids won't, kids won't say, I watched this on channel 12 or channel yeah. 7. It's right. like I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. And then my first YouTube video was like standard, I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. I had my little setup, whatever. It was 18 minutes. And I was like, you know what? These kids are not going to listen to me talk mm-hmm. for 18 minutes. Right. And then from a practical standpoint, like 18 minutes on YouTube is a lot of bandwidth, a lot of internet, a lot of data. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, 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 there's a progression into... An 18 minutes videos into three to five minute videos, which are easier to chunk and easier to get to the point. And retention rate. And retention rate, right. you know what I mean? Like, and then about, I would say like a third of the way in, I realized that, you know, Mr. Donuts was pretty fun, but 
He's got to be a little bit more shake than sneakers. Right? I had to shake it up, and shake it up I did. <laughs> <laughs> more than just the sneakers and being Mr. Nice. Yeah, I had to bring in my friend, uh, the real McCoy, the, 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 the boys of the boys. <laughs> Master of disaster. Master of disaster. <laughs> the one and only Mr. Nice, a.k.a. The Big Action. The Big Action. The, a.k.a. The Big Action. A.k.a. The Big Action. <laughs> um... No way, baby. You there know? you go. And, and I did a poll, and I was like, "Who wants to see the big action teach?" And to my surprise, the kids were like, "Yeah, let's see what the big action right? got." And um, it also happened because you know when the pandemic struck for the first time in twelve years as a as a as a performer as a wrestler, I was hitting my stride, man. You know, I was like, I was I found myself, and then all of a sudden, myself got paused. Right. So. That part of it was also me saying, "Listen, man, I, this guy, like, I, he's he's hot right now. For yeah. me, he's hot. How did coming he... out in that big bubble coat, man. Yeah, I love just, that. They don't even know about the coat. They don't know. The we'll we'll show the clip back. of the we'll show the clip of the coat. <laughs> um, and it was like, I gotta keep some kind of momentum up. And um, the irony was, I had I had, I was so into the character that I had told a lot of people that the big action was gonna end up on TV, and I thought it was gonna be like wrestling." And then all of a sudden I was on the news and my friend was like, hey man, you're right. You're right. You ended up on TV. TV. And the big action ended up um, getting me an award that, and this, this sounds, this sounds fake because people say it all the time. I still can't believe I got it. You know, like I didn't win teacher of the year uh, with, you know, like I won it in New York city, the largest school district in the country during a pandemic. And and I, I feel like even as I'm speaking to you, I'm having like this, and you can have an epiphany. I don't know if you can have a re-epiphany. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, it was, it was for the kids, man. Like mm -hmm. I, I was I was doing it where... It was pure. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it wasn't, it could not have been less for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was up Sunday nights. There was a couple of Sunday nights where I put the kids to bed, told the missus I had, you know, I had to come downstairs and I'm not going to let any, too many of my little secrets, but I'd film from eight to one. Mm -hmm. Just and then, and then from eight to one, I'd get a total of like twenty minutes of good instruction, twenty or twenty-five minutes, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, lots of times the way teaching is, if you're a good facilitator and you've built this culture of collaboration within your classroom, right? As a teacher, you only got to talk for five or ten minutes, mm -hmm. and then the kids run themselves. Yeah, and that was what my hope was from then, and you know, the kids, like kids don't lie, man. They were like, yo, I shared this with my friends. This yeah. is really good. And, and if they need to rewatch it, boom, they just drag it back and see, you know, the algorithms or whatever you're showing, right? Yeah, like, and, and, and a lot of it, too, was also, like, it was a way to remind people that, hey, man, it's, it's just math. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about math is there's an answer. You know, and a, a lot of people don't, and I tell the kids, I was like, you know, the, the pop quiz, there's someone you know very well who failed math in 7th and 8th and 11th grade. Me, and they're like, how did, how did you become a math teacher? I said, because when I started teaching, they needed a math teacher, and he was either learn how to teach math or don't have or don't have a job, job right? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man, this is this is what I'm, this is what I chose to do. And twelve years later, I'm doing it at the high level, the baby. The high level, the boys that's, must that's, play. And they, they, they have there's a little monogram glass, nothing too crazy. For the breakfast buffet, but I just figured my friend the Ray Yaz from Ray Yaz Land was gonna come through. I appreciate you, you, of course. Put these next to the limited edition Kobe's just right there. That's Very nice. And you got the nice shoe game. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, being you know, uh relatable to your audience, right? What grade do you teach again? I teach seventh grade. Seventh right, seventh grade. So a teacher like you, you know, you see the bright colors, you see the nice sneaks, right? All yadded up, right? I'm sure the kids relate to that and they feed off that, right? Yeah, like, you know, I had a co-teacher one time who, like, didn't understand. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, Pedro, the kids like you because you talk like them and you dress like them. And I'm like, listen, the kids like me because I am them. Mm -hmm. You know, my name is Pedro. Pedro. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm you from grew the Bronx. Up in the Bronx. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I remember when Kim was like, Mrs. Donald, you're not about that life. I'm like, I'm not about that life, but I know about that life. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was gangster, but everyone got a cousin. Everyone got cousins. Everyone got, right. I grew up in it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I was blessed to have a very strong family system that I still have today. Very, very blessed to have that, you know, knock on wood. Um, but I'm not naive mm -hmm. to what they go through. Right. Um, and there's a lot of things that, I allow them, you know, I don't relate to them just as kids. I relate to them as people. Mm -hmm. You know, they have an uncle that looks like me mm -hmm. with the tats, the hair. They got an uncle like me who gets fresh. They got an older brother. They got this. I just happen to be their math teacher. Right. And when I show up dressed the way I am, I'm like, listen, this is an example of like, yo, if you just do what you got to do and you play your cards right. And let's be honest, get a little lucky. You can, you can, you can, things can work out in your favor. And I went to school in the Bronx for a grade school, and then I went to Fordham University, and now I work in the Bronx. I'm like, the, worst, the Bronx can't get rid of me. Like, I don't want to go anywhere else, you know? So the kids relate to it. The kids know that it's real. You know, I, every school year, there's a couple of new words. I don't understand some <laughs> words. I'm like, yo, you got to tell me something with that. Means. You got to fill me in. Right? And I'll tell and, and yeah. them, like, listen, man, I want to make sure that if you say that word and another teacher hears it, and they're about to pop off on you, that I could be like, no, 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 that, that word means this. Oh, word, because I thought it was insulting. I was like, well, it wasn't a compliment, but he didn't tell you something so reckless that he has to have detention, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then little things, like, I let kids eat and drink in my class and chew gum. And people are like, why? I say, you know, school starts at 8.30. You might have a kid that ran out and didn't have breakfast. And his lunch period is at 12.30. And he's got, like, a bag of crackers. And he has your class at 10 or 11. He's fine. He's, he's starving. Like... Let him eat. Right. Let him have a, have a let him have some water. Let him chew some damn gum. Let him have a piece of you know something decent, and I could be like, all right, well, it's gonna make him focus more, right? There you go. And a lot of people don't understand that, like, oh, why are you letting me in your class? It's because why not? If right. I'm hungry, I'm gonna walk over to my bag, and I might pull out a piece of fruit or a cup, and I do my best to not eat in front of kids. Right. And if I do, I share. Mm -hmm. Like I will share. Like, oh, Mister Don't yeah, you know some almonds? You know what I mean? Like, you want, like I don't. It's not like if, if you're. If you remind kids or show kids that you can be kind for the sole purpose of being kind, mm -hmm. then hopefully they remember that feeling and in the future they recognize it when it's real and they'll pay it forward. Mm -hmm. That's all what it's all about, paying it forward. Having that one teacher that inspired them to be who they are today, right? Yeah. And that, 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 that brings up a good point, you know, letting them chew gum, letting them eat. Um, you know, you being nice to them, I feel like, you know, like I said, it's all about relating and letting them feedback. If you act like, no, you can't do this, no, you can't do that, they're going to end up chewing gum anyway, and then, you know, <laughs> what's the point? The world's full of can'ts and nots and won'ts. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, hit them a little bit with, okay, show them you're human, show them you're yeah. vulnerable, you know? Um, adults have a hard time um, showing weakness. You know, um, a kid stands up. Jimmy, why are you up? Oh, I went to sharpen my pencil. I went to throw out trash. And, and in that moment, in my opinion, the adults should just acknowledge that. Like, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Or just be like, all right, man, let me know. But it's lots of times the reaction like, we don't ask. And now it's like, you're making a scene. Mm -hmm. I might be like, Jimmy, why are you up? I was on garbage. Oh, my bad. And I keep it moving. Right. Like, now that kid's going to be like, oh, well, cool. Like, he didn't make a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. and, and you'd be surprised. Like, kids put on this, like, the kids kids want to please kids want to be in a safe environment right that kid you know maybe he was just like you know I, I can't like you've been there man you're like a piece of trash in your back pocket or you're driving and you look down on the side and you see like a bottle cap that you forgot <laughs> to throw away and you're like i can't but i can't throw it out the window and i can't and like you're supposed to be driving you yeah. think about a bottle cap that kid right. might have been like yeah i gotta throw this trash out mm -hmm. i'm going for it mm -hmm. oh it's not a big deal mr donuts no bro it's Throw it out. Just get back yeah. to work. Now, if I walk over and the paper's blank, now you haven't matched my expectation, which mm -hmm. is if I'm going to create, if we're going to create this environment of collaboration and, 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 and safety, all I ask is that you give me your best. Mm -hmm. If I come over, you can't be like, well, you weren't paying attention. Bro, I pay attention to everyone. I see hands. I've even told you, get up and be like, it was deep. Oh, my bad. You know what I'm saying? So, that paper is blank. Now we got to get to why it's blank. Maybe you truly don't understand. Maybe they're having a bad day. Like, we'll figure it out from there. That all comes back to a poor. Like, the math, 
math. Like the math is is it's gonna be there once you finish whatever humane um, circumstance you're trying to navigate, whatever obstacle the learning is 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 in that kid's way. Take the time to do that and 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 help kids build their own self equity in mm -hmm. which they can give themselves some leeway and hopefully navigate those obstacles during situations where Mr. Donuts is not gonna be there. Mm -hmm. You know that's. That's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's like self, like accountability. Accountability, yeah. Accountability. That's how you build it. You know, is everything I'm doing right? Am I safe? Do I feel good? Do I understand this? So why am I not doing it? Am I having a bad day? Do I not understand it? Or am I just being a jerk? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm just being a jerk. Let me stop. Yeah, let me stop being a jerk. <laughs> so speaking of that, it's like you know, you you have you post a lot of your stuff on Instagram, on Twitter. You have your YouTube channel. I'm sure there's a bunch of like teachers and administrators that you know aren't on board with that and they kind of criticize you. you how do you deal with that you know haters gonna hate right? <laughs> um i i gotta say that the overwhelming majority of the people that i work with were extremely supportive mm -hmm. um they would repost my videos yeah. they would they would repost things if i tagged them in it um, they would encourage kids to come to me. They needed assistance. They would ask me for, you know, some of them would ask me for pointers. Some of them wouldn't, you know, mm -hmm. it's just because people aren't banging on your door. Hey, show me how to do that. Doesn't mean what you're doing is that well. Um, people are going to have their views on certain things. Right. And it's like, um, I'm a big, I, I like to tell people, I said, you can't tell someone else that their ducks aren't in a row. Your ducks are all over the floor. So if you're going to be the kind of person that, tries to give advice or it's just the kind of person that other people be like hey look at him mm -hmm. you got to be very humble about that so if someone's like hey look at the way pedro's doing it that guy may be like mm -hmm. screw pedro okay cool that's <laughs> whatever you want bro mm -hmm. you know what i mean um i'm also the kind of guy that i am very proud of what i've accomplished what we've accomplished and part of me does feel sometimes like, hey, man, I got I got the hardware that says that I have a clue about what I'm doing. So if you would like some assistance, I'm there for you. If you want to do it on your, your own, like, that's cool, too. And guess what? If if one day you're like, who does this guy think he is? And then two days later, you're like, yo, can you help me out? I'm going to say yes, because I this doesn't mean I know everything. I still turn to people and be like, hey, what do, you, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, the and white I, belt mentality we call it always willing to learn yeah, from like, others yeah. I don't I don't Lord knows I don't know everything <laughs> 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 you know, oh. well with your kids your kids you know you better you, yeah I know I, you ask your kids does dad know everything yeah he does my dad my, my, my like it's funny because in remote learning like I mean I'm, I I can walk into a classroom with 31 kids and walk quietly like a performance just walk across and, and gradually the kids I'm just, I'm just here to watch you guys learn. I want to see what's up. And I'll sit in the back of the classroom observing and walk around. And Kids who know me will be like, kids who don't will be like, who's this guy? And then I let them know in so many words who I am. You know, usually rocking something flashy. And they'll be like, oh, this guy has something. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys. And so, oh, so you think you're so-and-so? Like, no, I don't think. I know. To think <laughs> entails doubt. I understand. I yeah. Now my job is to let you know how it is. Um, and then... With kids, it's like showing them that confidence and then reminding them, like, listen, man, me and you look at the same. There's no reason why you can't be in these shoes. Either. But understand that because of this sometimes prejudice mentality, they're going to always assume. Like, I think, if anything, this award, as much as I love it, and I, I mean, I, I love it. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I love this thing. It is an inanimate object that is one of my friends. Um, I still feel the need to prove myself. Like, I, I can't rest on my laurels, mm -hmm. you know. Do I speak with the um, confidence of someone who was named one of the 19 best teachers in New York City? <laughs> yeah, damn right. I do. <laughs> do I allow it to let me rest on my laurels? That I can't allow. Because yeah. all it takes is one, all it takes is that one time, those two times to look like you're lazy or complacent or you think you know everything and someone will be like, and then you fall on your face for something. Right. Something simple. It could be something like, Deleting the entire folder on, on Google Drive 
and not being able to recur it. And I was like, oh, I guess he's not as tech savvy as he thought. He can manage YouTube, but not. And it's like, you're right. My bad. That sucked to be me, you know? And constantly going back to people who were there for you throughout the journey and being like, yeah, I need help with this. I need help with that. And involving them both in the, you know, in the celebration. Because mm -hmm. this was the work of a lot of people. And also the continued evolution. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you... Because those people, those important people, aren't going to be like, well, you know, you're the big apple. You're the big action. You should know. Ha, 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 ha. They're going to be like, oh, maybe you should do this. Have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. I wonder if you did it this way. And then bang. And then give those people credit. Right. Give those people credit when you get to a certain place. And like, yeah, this person gave me this idea. It was a great idea. Thanks, bro. And that person, oh, I didn't need you to say yeah, that. Yeah, not That's being great. stubborn, staying humble, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes people will, like, do really hard work and not get the acknowledgement. And, and you don't want them to get bitter, man. You want those bright minds to keep churning out great ideas. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you we were talking one time. You know, you're, you're well, the best of, like, the metaphors and getting me to think, especially, you know, when I'm having a... You know, bad day of training in the ring, and you know, you're always a guy I love to go to, and you always put things into perspective. And one of my favorite stories that you, you told me was, um, you know, when your back was against the wall when you were teaching, you know, you felt like, you know, you were in a plateau, you know, you were in a like, a, like a dead area, and, you know, who was it, your mother or someone reminded you, you know, you just got to work harder. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I know my mother and my wife were both... Um, oh, I know a story. Let me take that back. I got this. Yeah, story. you know the yeah, story. I, I love this story. story. So, I was, uh, was one, one summer, and we had, the, there's a program called the New York City Teaching Fellows, which is a great teaching program. Anyone out there trying to be a prospective teacher, I mean, we need better minds. We need great minds. Um, not better, but we need new minds. And um, it was a summer program, and they gave me a couple of, you know, students, and let's say teachers in training. And I looked up one day, and they weren't there. I didn't think anything of it. I thought everything was going swimmingly. And there was this teacher, I'm gonna name drop, I'll share this with her. Her name was Miss Georges. And she came into my room, you know, 18 year vet. And she was like, hey Pedro, how's it going? How's it going with your fellows? And I'm like, I guess it's going great. She's like, well, where are they? I'm like, oh, they told me that they're on rotation and they're out of my room. And she said, they didn't rotate out of your room, Pedro. The fellows went to the supervisor and said that they weren't learning anything from you. And they took them out of your room. And initially I was like, oh, this is outlandish. Like, and she looked at me and, and she pointed a finger at me and, and, and not in a, in a loving way. She was like, they took your fellows. They took them from you because they weren't learning anything. And, and she's like, you're a great guy and the kids love you. And I know you have a lot of potential, but what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do now? They took them from you. You have to figure out who you're going to be. And in that moment, and every moment after that, when I speak to someone who I hold in such high regard, and even if it's someone I just met, I could have been like, who does she think she is? Whatever. I was like, you know what? This woman knows what she's talking about. She came to me out of love and respect. And she's right. What am I going to do? I could have just continued to skate on the fact that kids love me because the kids love me mm -hmm. and I love them. Or been like, yo, I actually have to learn how to teach and be a good teacher. And um, that was the summer of 2012. And at that time, I was up for tenure, didn't get recommended. Um, I missed the deadline to apply for my master's by a week, even though everyone was on leave. And I was like, yeah, I need it, I need it. And I also was, like I said, just lost. No one took me seriously. And then a year later, um, I got married, I got my master's, I received tenure, and I was uh, nominated and received a teacher leadership position. So I've been a teacher leader for seven years ever since then. So, and I it's remember- just that switch to that mindset, right? She was just like, Get what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah and, and, and what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Well, if you can lead a horse of water, right? You can't yeah. force it to drink. Like, the response wasn't to go to the site supervisor and like, hey bro, what the hell, man? Those those people should be honored. Like they don't know nothing. And I've been like that wasn't the response. You you took them from me. It was it was the beginning of what I tried to look at as a newfound respect for the art of reflection. Mm -hmm. And that idea of well, 
what did I do or not do that led me here? And, you know, sometimes you can, you know, like, for example, I, I don't have a million dollars saved up. I have expensive taste. I have no one to blame for my, but myself for that. And I could look in the mirror and be like, you know what, Pedro, you spent too much money. And the mirror's going to be like, you're right. What are we buying tomorrow? That's reflection. <laughs> but if I constantly lament to you, man, I can't save any money. What the hell? And you're like, well, Pedro, look at, look at your closet. And you're like, well, I didn't actually point that out. That's not reflection. Right. That's complaining and not being real about the situation. But reflection is like, damn, how did I get myself here? You can't blame it on other people. There's always, there's always, if you go back far enough, there's always at some point where you're like, ah, oh, that's on me. Even if it was 10 steps before, mm -hmm. that, that led you down a different track. You know, like you got to be able to say, all right, well, how the hell did I end up here? I was, I was on my way to Florida. I'm in Texas. And I was behind the wheel the whole time. That guy told me to make a right. That guy told me to make a left. But oh, damn, you know, it's, yeah, I did leave the map at home. That's on me. I left the map at home three days ago. That's why I'm in Texas and not in Florida. That guy gave me directions, but I wouldn't have asked him if mm -hmm. I hadn't left the map at home. A lot of people don't do that. Oh, where's the map? I left it at home. Well, that's why you got lost, jerk. Oh, yeah, but I had a lot on my mind. Everyone's got a lot of it. Right. Everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. You know, everyone has, you know, you, you know, you hear the quote, we all got 24 hours in a day. You got to make time. And that's cute. You have to choose what's most important to your time. Mm -hmm. I got two kids. I still make it to training once a week. You know? I don't work out as much as I should, but I know who all that is because there's days where I choose to watch YouTube videos instead of doing push-ups. I make those choices. So I can't be mad when things don't go the way I expect them to go because I didn't put in that work. Mm -hmm. You know, I put in the work for certain things. Where's the work for the next thing? That's a priority order, right? Sometimes yeah. you got to know your priorities. And clearly your priorities changed even from that moment, right? I'm sure your priorities were completely different before that moment that you had in the summer of 2012. And it probably put everything back into perspective. And then... I'm sure once your first son came, right, priority yeah. moved up. Part of it was, you know, you got to have, like, a, a positive ego. And part of it was, are we allowed to use bad words on the podcast? Or are we trying to stray away from it? Uh, <laughs> nothing too bad. Okay, but... I was tired of, you know what, I got it. I was tired of people looking at me like I was a schmuck. Yeah. And I wasn't exactly giving them reason to not right. look at me as a schmuck. Now, they may not like the way I dress. They may not like the way I, I look. They may not like my style of certain things. But they can't argue with the results. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yes, I'm a 37, soon to be 30-year-old man who still buys sneakers and gets giddy when he hits on a nice pair. <laughs> I still wear fitted hats and my hair is a little bit too long. But the proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. And the pudding tastes good. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about results. How how much did your students improve after, you know, you stepping up your level? Or even during the pandemic, did they improve compared to what you were doing before? You know, how I, do you gauge it now? I can't, you know, and, and I don't want to be politically correct, but it's hard to gauge the learning improvement or lack thereof during the pandemic. Right. It, just, it is. Yeah. I will say, though, that, and I say this with confidence, that in all the years I was teaching, this year, February, March, just, I just feel like I hit this stride with my co-teacher, with my classes. We were like, amped. We were like, these kids, are, these kids are great. Now, you're listening at home. All my students of all time have been great. I wasn't always great. And I felt like we were just making making money, man. We were just we always joke. Taking your stride. My uh, co teacher, she always catches on my quotes. And and I, well, a few years ago, there was this girl who was always in the hallway. And one day, I opened the door and I dragged her. And I was like, "What are you doing out there? Ain't no money in these hallways. Ain't no money out there. Money's in this room." And we're like, "Yo, we're making money out here. Like we're doing it." And by money, I mean like the kids were learning, they were sustaining, they were getting, they were getting it. Mm -hmm. And I think this was the year where it just kind of all fell into place. And it sucked to lose that in March. Mm -hmm. You know. A lot of people don't realize that there's a grieving process when the school year ends. Every teacher who loves their kids has a grieving process because you're not getting those kids again. And you're not getting those kids in the same circumstance. Mm -hmm. There's a term called looping when you move up with your kids, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Right. But that moment in time, those 7th graders, whatever age group you have, they're going to get older. They're mm -hmm. going to get wiser. They're going to change. You're never going to have them in that moment of time. So at the end of June, every single year, there is a mourning process. And parents... Teachers did not have the opportunity to grieve and mourn the lost school year. There's a lot of unfinished business that will never be finished. 
And I think that's something that has not been said enough about what teachers are going through right now. It's not just about I can't figure out how to teach remote. It's still mm-hmm. that that anxiety, the angst where it's like, damn, like I miss I miss my old students. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to fall in love with my new ones. You know, I have chosen to teach in person. Right. You know, I start October first with kids in person. I'm looking forward to it. I miss my kids. I didn't have that finishing with them that yeah. teachers kind of got used to. Yeah, and it's not the same doing it remotely, of course, right? No, it's it's not, man. It's 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 this. I forgot about the movie, but it's emotionality. <laughs> <laughs> but is it that is interesting though? Like the grieving process, like you had unfinished business. It was the same, kind of like at the national tournament this year when. They had the kids warm up on the mats and everything. They had the coaches meeting. The, every, the team already traveled to the venue. All of a sudden, it canceled. No tournament. Everyone has to leave. That was this year? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's the same thing. Like, you're hitting your stride. You're seeing your kids every day. And all of a sudden, nope. Can't go back. Yeah. It was, um, I liken it to, there's like, like in Star Wars, right? When they, uh. When they use the lightsaber to cut off a part, it's like, Meow. and then your hand's just not there anymore. But you're not bleeding. You're not even in pain because <laughs> it's so hot. They just zoom and it's like, all right, cool. I don't have a hand anymore. The school year was if the lightsaber on the way down turned into a, like, dull chop saw. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to cut it. like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> We're going to drag it out. We're going to drag it out. And then you look down and it's like a piece of you is missing. And not only is the piece you missing, but the process in which that piece disappeared was long and it was painful. And then all of a sudden, school year starts and it's like, all right, um, let's put, put it all together. Right, go, go climb the rope. <laughs> so I'm going to climb with my one good hand, which kept me sane, and this busted thing. But you know what the teacher's doing, man? They're wrapping it up with tape, they're sewing it together, and they're figuring it out, to get it out, right? Yeah, it's gonna be a slow process, but I'm gonna touch that ceiling. Because, yeah. you know, that's that's that was an elaborate metaphor, but that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Just this, you know, like gone. Just gone. Kids were gone. And 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 you know, we all lived through it. We all miss shit. I I thought we were gonna be home in three weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought we were, everything was gonna be back to normal. Right. And we're still not there. Yeah. We may never get there. So how do you keep you know, you have a fresh batch now, right? It's a fresh batch of kids. How do you keep them motivated? So, it is, it, it, again, I think I'm at a slight advantage because mm-hmm. I chose the blended learning model. So, in New York City right now, the model is there's going to be kids who come in part-time, a couple of days a week, and the rest of the time is remote. And my goal is that the minute they're in front of me, I want to build a relationship with them where they feel a moral obligation to check in with me online, to mm-hmm. do my work online. Because they know when they see me the next time, there's going to be accountability. Is it going to be weird? You're damn right. It's going to be weird, right? But the love's not going to be different. You know, okay, maybe I can't give you a high five. Maybe I can't give you, but we can still joke. We can still talk about the math. Um, I think that me being in person with them is going to give me a distinct advantage over some of my colleagues who are doing this rigorous work at home. I, I envy them and I respect what they're doing. Um, those days that I'm remote, man, I'm just going to have to like, turn up the entertainment and mm-hmm. turn up the, the, the stakes and remind them that like, even though these are uncharted times and it's just, it's insane and we don't know what the next, like, we're going to f- figure it out. We're going to get through it. It might just take a while. Like, that's the thing too, man. Like, this is, we, we live in a world where everything's this, 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 and, and this whole thing was like, no, it's not how, that's not how real life works. Everything's been slowed down. There's no such thing as immediate gratification anymore. It's a slow, 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 slow burn. But if you stick with the burn, eventually you'll get the heat. And that's all we're trying to do, man. Everyone's been cold for a while. We're just trying to get a little bit of heat. That's all we're trying to do. So, and then for some kids, man, some kids are are logs. They just poof. They're fighting there. And there's some kids that get little embers, little embers, little embers, little embers. But eventually, you hope they all just make this big fire pit. And that's my goal, man. Right now, like I said, the furnace is cold. Hopefully, next start a fire. Start it up. Right? Start it up, baby. Start all right. Up. So when's the big action coming? Come on, where is he? The big action. He's a. Uh, I hear, I heard. And I don't know when this is going up, that the Mr. Donuts Awesome Math Network Season 2 will be debuting for the next week. And there's a rumor that the big action is going to show up to talk about the Big Apple Award 
um, he told me, he actually called me. Yeah. He, he, and, um, he said, uh, Oh, baby, Konyo, your school year going to begin soon. I'm like, yeah, you're right, big action. He's like, what are you going to do? Let me teach math. Oh, baby, that's boring, baby. You can't teach your math. You got to teach the action. I said, but I'm just an average, regular teacher. He goes, oh, pa, don't give me the okidok. The big action, big apple teacher of the year. I'm like, well, you had, you had a part in that. He goes, oh, yeah, but I don't do none of the TB. So he's a little jealous. And mm -hmm. he said, you know, that he knows I'm busy. And I heard he's going to throw <laughs> a couple episodes up there. Maybe a little bit linear functions, linear yeah. equations, a little, a little more algebra. <laughs> and um, he, he told me, he was like, you know, he's, he said, pa, it's the boys must play. And all I see is one boy. I go, hey, pa, so I'll bring you in. So soon come my youth. <laughs> the boys gonna, must play. The boys must play. I love that stuff, man. <laughs> All it's the true. same. The boys must play. The boys play. must play. The girls must play. The day must play. Everyone has to play. You gotta Everyone get yours. Play. You gotta get yours, bro. But me getting mine doesn't mean you can't get yours. A lot, a lot. It's a buffet. The buffet. Hey, it's a buffet. buffet. That's what I, I. My buddy asked me, "What kind of breakfast food represents your podcast?" And I say, "Oatmeal." That's why oatmeal, because. You go to any breakfast buffet, what do they have? Oatmeal. Oatmeal. And you can make it yours, right? You can yeah. get the fruit, you can get the brown sugar, you yeah. can leave it plain. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I mean, and, and again, if you could be someone who's like, I don't like oatmeal. I'll put some sugar in it. I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some Fruit Loops in there. Put some Fruit Loops in it, you know. Maybe put a little Davy Boy Smith in there. That's taste. <laughs> That's a little tight. Joke for the pie. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, you know, we touched on this before, but just balance and everything, right? You know, you got two kids, you know, you got this house that, you know, you got all regular household dad things. Yeah. You got your wife, you got wrestling, yeah. and you got teaching. How do you balance all of this? Um, well, first of all, I can't, I, I'd be remiss to not mention um, my parents, my mother, you know, my father, my mother was a cancer survivor. So she, you know, having these grandkids was like a new lease on life. She's the toughest person I know. Um, my dad has been there every day, every step of the way. He, uh, he could not be a better role model. And they, they, I mean, you know, dad picks up the baby from daycare. Mom will watch the kids when I go train with, uh, with Tina, when we go train. And, um, it's again very blessed that if I needed to pay for a sitter, I could. Mm -hmm. But to have my mother be like, "Why would you do that? I'll, I'll take the kids," you know. So by having them, and as as my trainer Johnny Rods once said, he's like, "Your mother's gonna take better care of the kids than you would." Like that. That's yeah. that's she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, my brother Gabriel, you know, my brother Gabriel, my brother Nephi will you know be there in the pinch to you know pick up the kids from daycare, mm -hmm. things of that nature, and that goes a long way. Yeah, because they, you know, you still, you don't. I love having kids, but I wasn't ready to like lose myself in all that other stuff. And then to have a support system to be like, yeah, man, I watch the kid while you do mm -hmm. this. Um, I do my best to care my parents as much mm -hmm. as possible in that regard. Um, and especially now, right? Because your kids are remote, or yeah. either you know, there's no daycare anymore, right? Well, my, my my one of my sons is in daycare a couple of days a week. My other son, my eldest, is fully remote. You know, he has a respiratory illness that he gets every four, and I don't want to risk it. Um, I do my best to kind of pamper my mom, you know, yeah. like I tell her that the, uh, I always tell her she's like, uh, <laughs> it's either a baseball analogy or a, <laughs> I think Damien Day-Lewis will like the baseball analogy, <laughs> you know, like mom could go eight innings. She could, but I, I just want her to go six. There's no need. If she don't have to go seven, she don't got to go seven. Mm -hmm. I don't need her pitching on three days. Or she wants to. Yeah. Why, Jay? I can do this. I can do that. So there's certain times where like, look, mom, no, you, I'm, I'm taking the ball. Bring the relief pitching. Yeah, right? me, but I, just take it easy. Why? Because I want her there in the long run. I want to take care of my mom. I don't want to run her into the ground like some, you know, like I, you know, I don't want to run her into the ground. <laughs> and um, with regards to like the wrestling, you know, I gotta be honest. Like the the, the wrestling kind of. I did take some time off. I'm at a great school now. I'm a great finishing school. I'm training with, you know, some of the best minds in the business. Training with guys like you where we can just, I love you, man. I go in the ring with you. We chain and it's like, we haven't, it's amazing. I feel like I've known you so much longer than I actually have. Yeah. And we'll go in the ring and we'll roll around and I'm like, I'm a world-class athlete. I'm not with some schmuck, you know what I'm saying? And like, you give and we take and it's like, I don't feel like, 
Like, I respect that. That's another thing. Like, I respect the fact that someone who is a world, like, you're an, a world-class athlete. And you got no problem going in, in the ring with 37-year-old dad of two <laughs> and rolling around and being like, hey, he knows what he's doing, too. Yeah. You know? Well, I just take, because like, I always have the white belt mentality, right? You've been doing this longer than I have, and you're a teacher, and, you know, you have the wisdom, you know? I would say the wisdom of an owl. Yeah. <laughs> the who. The who. You know? And you just have real life experience, and, you know, when, when you tell me your story and what you've been through, you know, it makes kind of my mindset, like, oh, well, you know, if Pedro can do this, what am I complaining about this? Why am I complaining about getting early, you know? Like, people people don't realize, and, like, this is, like, a real, real deal point of looking at, like, whenever you start doing something, there's a 100% chance that you're going to suck at it. Like, and, and even when you get to the next level, when you get to that next level, you might suck at that, too, you mm -hmm. know? Again, we can use the baseball mentality. You're the best kid in your state. And then you get drafted out of high school, and you go to single A, and you you bat two hundred. Well, what are you gonna do the next offseason? Mm -hmm. Well, you bat two eighty. Cool. They send yeah. you. They send you to double A. Yeah. You bat one fifty. You're like, yeah. all right. Well, we don't know about this kid. And then one day you get to the majors, and you bat two hundred. Yeah. And it's like, damn, I've been working this my whole life. Yeah. But like, you have been working at your whole life. But there's been a cycle, and a constant cycle where you have to prove yourself to yourself. You gotta sometimes remind yourself that you can do it because you did it before. You know. Um, that teaching program I was telling you, New York City Teaching Fellows, um, they rejected me the first time. There <laughs> was a lot of spaghetti in my life because I didn't have a job. <laughs> and a year later, actually, it was two teaching programs that rejected me the first time. The following year, one of them rejected me again. So that's three rejections. I used to have a framed copy of my rejection mm -hmm. letter. And I don't have that anymore. I don't need it anymore. And now, 13 years later, you know, like, but I don't forget how much... Which I sucked. Yeah. Like I don't. I, I. It's a constant reminder of this constant need to re 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 solidify mm -hmm. your ability to learn and be okay with not knowing stuff. Yeah. And that's part of the balance. Like I admit, man. There's mornings where I wake up and I'm like, oh, my back is here, my back is there. I do my I do my stretches, I do my stuff. And I'm also I try to be very cognizant of the reality of mortality. We were talking about this earlier. That was a good. That was a good one. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say I'm fearless. I have no fears. I have no worries. I think about my kids. You know, I wake up at night. I think about my son going to school. But the first time he's gonna have a broken heart. I think about that, but I know it's gonna happen. I'm at least I'm hoping it's gonna happen. Why? Because the other part knows that I can get hit by a bus tomorrow and it'll be game over. And a lot of people be like, "Oh, what will my family do without me?" Well, you can't worry about that because right. you're not gonna be around. Yeah. All you can do is do your best right now to kind of set yourself up for as much success as possible and be okay when it doesn't happen because that happens. And part of the balance is this mental understanding of when you walk into different rooms. So when I walk into the classroom, I know who Mr. Dillons is. I also know that it might not, and it probably won't be perfect, but I know who I am. When I walk into training and I have an ache or I have a pain or we're doing a drill that I know I'm, I'm not good at, like grape crushes kill me. Grape crushes kill me. I got to do them. You're doing them, right? But in that mentality, in that state, I walk in going, right, I'm here to learn. I'm not Mr. Dillon's here. I'm Sneaky Pete. <laughs> Sneaky Pete. <laughs> right? And I think that part of the balance is, is knowing where you stand in different aspects of your life, being okay without being the head honcho in every aspect, and being, like, able to get the, the positive and the enjoyment out of that. Like, I like sitting around. Damien and listening to, to tell stories. <laughs> I like sitting around hearing you tell me about performing at Michael. Every time you're like, yeah, I wrestled at Madison Square Garden. I'm like, that's dope. It's dope. It's dope. And if you don't think that, if you don't think that's dope, then you're, I'm oh, sorry, you're a jerk. You're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Madison Square Garden. Where have you performed in front of? But now you're just being mean. I'm like, wait, you, 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 what did you do? You did a pageant in seventh grade? That's cool. That's great. And I'm not saying that's not great. That's great. I'm excited. You would just hear my son try to do a performance in the living room. It took like 18 takes. <laughs> then he just did a headstand. And then like, cool. He did it. For him, he, I got, he did it. it was awesome. But yeah, <laughs> you saw it. But if he came downstairs, it was like, man, this is really I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's not cool. Don't, don't, don't do it on someone else. Like, don't. So being okay with being like, and, pe and being okay with people being like, oh, look at him popping because he went to my house. Yeah, bro, this is, I'm not talking to you. 
This didn't bother you. I'm marking out for the fact that he wrestled a massacre at Garden. You can go over there and be a hater. And I didn't ask you. I mean, no offense, you're not. You're not kicking my ass. So I'm just. <laughs> and we, we told that story earlier where someone's like, oh, they make fun of me. I was like, well, you know, like, not to get too off topic, but like, this meant, you know, the, 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 the merits of being nice and the merits of just being chill and realizing that things aren't that big. You know, I worked, I worked somewhere recently where people would come up to me. And I don't know if it was just the way I was carrying myself or the way I was just kind of like, hey. but they felt like I was there a lot longer than I was. And a lot of them were like, hey, man, you think I could do this? I'm like, no, no, why not? Well, because I'm afraid that I'll get yelled at. I'm like, why are you walking around here worried about getting yelled at? No one's yelling at me. I don't know if it's the tattoos or the 210 that I pack on this massive 5.5 five frame. <laughs> like, no one's yelling at me. But it, it bothered me that people had this mentality that I'm afraid to to ask a question or afraid to be me or afraid to, you know, like just be a little bit different or, or, or advocate for myself. You shouldn't be afraid to advocate. You know, I, I, I you know, like I, I call it in school, um, educational advocacy. That's what kids do for themselves. That's a fancy way of saying they're accountable for their work. Yeah. You know? So just the, the ability to just be nice, reciprocate it, be okay when people aren't being nice. And we talked about this earlier. Like, if someone's being a jerk and you're being a jerk back, then that's the quote we wanted to put in there. My mom, you know, I, when I was growing up, my mom grew up, you know, really, really, you know, my mom's the best. My mom's just yeah. the best. Yeah. And she would, you know, she would see me argue with, like, a cousin or a friend. And I'd be like, she's like, why are you arguing with them? Well, because they're doing this. And I know from you that that's not the way it's supposed to be done. She's like, Jay, if you impose your will on other people, even if what you're what you think you're doing is positive and has merit, then you literally become that which you are imposing upon. You have now become that. Someone's being a jerk and being rude, and you become rude to them. Even if you out-jerk them, great, now you're the biggest jerk in the room. And I feel like that wasn't what you were aiming to do. But that's right. what happened, bro. All right, that's, that's a good... Happened. That's a good... Um, so now you're head of the math department. They made you head of the math department. Um, for a kid from the Bronx. A kid, not bad for a kid from the Bronx that, you know, in 2012, you know, you got a lot of heat and not learn, not knowing how to teach. And then now you finally found your your stride. And now look at you, head of the math department. What kind of advice are you giving teachers now? Because I'm sure, like, all these older teachers really don't know how to work Zoom or anything, right? So what, what, what are you doing now? What is, like, a protocol you're setting? Well, I think, you know, again, my school is unique. I feel like my school really grabbed this by the horns. You know, my co-teacher, you know, she got off that ventilator, she got herself back on the horse, and she's just as, just, she's she's a she's a bull, man. Like, she's like, uh, I don't know what superlatives to use, but she's amazing. She's the wind beneath my wings, you know what I mean? She knows how to work all these platforms, and a lot of the teachers do know how to do that. My biggest advice, and my biggest try thing that I try to convey is that is, I try to convey a sense of calm because at the end of the day, we are still actively in a pandemic. And I try to get, I don't try, I don't ever maybe directly say these things, but when people do come to me, I'm just like, hey, it's here, it's there. Like, oh, I appreciate it. Like, yeah, man, like it's all there. We're not really reinventing the wheel with certain things. You know, like we're not astrophysicists. Like, I don't even know, I don't know why I can spell that word. <laughs> we our number one goal and, and you know what maybe that's what it is our number one goal in the classroom is to make kids feel safe not physically safe that goes without saying but safe learning safe communicating and safe being okay with not being okay um one of the things that my kids will tell you is that the word one word you never hear in our class is the word wrong it's not wrong it's not there yet nothing's wrong nothing's really wrong we're just not there yet like you know, like we're driving someplace and we got and we leave early and it takes two hours to get there and we give ourselves three and we get lost we don't go well we're lost let's go home no we recalibrate we recalculate and maybe we get there late maybe we get there on time we could lament the fact and be frustrated that we were an hour out of the way or be like wow good thing we left an hour early or good thing we got here in general you know and so i try to just convey to them like hey at the end of the day like we're gonna be all right and the reason we're going to be all right is because I'm speaking to a room full of scholars who work hard. Now, if I was speaking to a room full of people who didn't do anything, then maybe the conversation is different. 
but that's not what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and any teacher out there who's wondering, you know, like every, you know, learning how to use technology, all that, all that stuff's on YouTube. It's, it's, it's all there. You can find it. Even when I'm teaching kids and they're like, oh, I don't know the answer. I'm like, well, the answer's six. Just tell me. I'm like, yeah, now that you know it's six, go tell me why it's six. Here, write it six. You got it. You get, you, just show me how to do it. Yeah. Right? So having kids, you know, having teachers be okay with that. Like, they're not all going to get it, you know, but, but establishing and, and, and being warm. And, and that's something I always try to like, get the kids to buy in to the fact that you actually give a damn about them. And then work on the whole content aspect of it. Now, never forgetting that part of showing them that you give a damn about them is conveying that I care about you on a metal, social, monk like level and academically. And they have to be together. Because I could think you're a great guy, but if you're not doing your work, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give you zeros. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to have a conversation with your parents. Oh, you know, but I thought we were cool. Well, no, we're cool. I have nothing against you. But just know that you're not doing this. So now I have to take this avenue to get you to what you need to do. Not me. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. No, I'm good. I'm good. I know Mr. the man. Nice. I know it. I'm great. I'm Mr. Nice. And I'm, I'm they, they, you think I got this blind by accident? I'm Mr. Nice. And they make me the Mr. Nice. Like, I'm, that's what I am. Like, so how are we going to get you there? You know, so again, I mean, I, I apologize. I people listening at home, I get really long-winded, but it's like, it's going to be all right. You put in the work and you're prepared. Just make people feel like it's okay. And, and, and also don't worry, and, and it's okay to convey to people now more than ever that I don't know everything. I don't. I don't know when schools are gonna open regular again. I don't know so many things and I'm okay with not knowing. All I know is that when you're here, I'm gonna try to do my best to keep you safe. That's what you can convey. That's my advice. So it's great, yeah, people. Just letting them know they're gonna everything's gonna be alright. We're here for you, everything's gonna be alright. No other option. Yeah. You know, especially if you put in the work. Like people say failure is not an option, and it's lots of times it's not. Like not that you can't fail, but like, oh no, I'm gonna be successful. Because I don't wanna fail. Like I, I don't like oh, but that sounds so easy to say. Listen, I got rejected three times. Three times. You know, like and now I'm here, you know? And again, I didn't need that to know I was here. I got the love for my kids. I got the love of my administration. I got the love of my colleagues. That doesn't hurt. You finally got the tenure? I got the tenure. Super duper tenure, you know? <laughs> you know, I got, I'm, on a, I'm on the Ray Yaz podcast. Like, life is good. Life is good. And life, life, we'll figure it out together. You know, together. Figure mm -hmm. it out together. Um, adversity moment? Your adversity moment. What is some adversity that you've been through that is a part of you, a part of your story now? Last Thursday. <laughs> um let's see about three years ago i was on my way out of a of my previous school and uh it was a rough experience you know it was my first time teaching outside the bronx i had a long commute my son was young and was struggling with um And I thought I would be able to go somewhere new and create culture, and it just didn't work out the way I thought it would, and maybe that's the problem. You know, sometimes you go places and you just assume you can replicate. Maybe I was naive. Maybe I didn't put in the work, you know, looking back. Um, I didn't go in there with a, a, a long list of accolades that would make anyone be like, hey, this guy is someone we should listen to. And in that one year there, I don't think I ever gave anyone a reason to listen to me. And so when I look back, I can't be mad that it didn't necessarily work out. But at the end of that year, I really was questioning my ability to teach. I was like, I'm not good at this. I'm not. And I, I went to my current school, and I, I like to tell my principal, I was like, when I came to you, I was broken. I was broken. I, I got there. Um, I was hired. Um, I knew part of part of me knew that I was still good. And this is after teaching one, two, three, five, nine years. And at not, year nine, I'm like, should I be am I good at this? I wasn't going to leave, but I was almost content with just being okay. Almost. And then I got hired at this new school. I met my co-teacher. She was amazing. I was like, I like to teach. She's like, I want you to teach too. Let's teach together. Let's do this. And let's do all these amazing things. And I felt like I had nothing to lose. But I also, looking back, knew that I was back in my comfort zone. Now, some people think that that's weird. Oh, you got to be uncomfortable. It's okay to have some parts of you that are in your comfort zone. For example... You're in professional wrestling now, but you have a background in wrestling. 
So when it comes down to getting on the mat in a 10-minute match, you can play around with someone for five or six minutes and be comfortable. And then that other 14 minutes of the match is a part where you're like, all right, well, now I'm going to listen to my teacher. When it comes to mat wrestling and chaining, I'm good. The other 14 minutes is where I'm going to allow myself to be uncomfortable, but still under the same environment of, of, of safety and of, of, of um, I'm going to be okay -ness, ness right? So it was like, all right, I'm back in middle school. I know middle school math. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm learning new kids. Yes, I'm learning new coworkers for the second year in a row. But I know the math. And if I can teach the math, I know hopefully everything will fall into place. And that's what happened. Um, I think that one of the learning experiences was I, it was too much, too soon, and too much new. And I think that that's a piece of advice I give to someone where like, if you're going to make a big career change or a big drastic shift in your life, like it's okay to bring something from your previous life with you, you know, as a, as a fail safe. If, if you're my son, my youngest son, Grayson has a blanket. He sleeps with his Nini. It's a blanket. It's probably more important than the mattress, than his room, than his humidifier, than the llamas that hang out. That Mimi. If he goes to stay at his grandmother's house or he goes to daycare, he can't bring his room with him. He can't bring me with him. But it's okay if he brings the Mimi. That's a, that's a big shift. It's a drastic shift in a child's life. Right. But think about how comfortable that child will be. Think about how how meta that child has to be at a two years old to be like, all right, that's not my bed. This isn't my room. You're not my dad. But I know this meaning means it's nap time. So I'm gonna give this nap a shot here. All from a blanket. So I went from working at the phone company where I talked all day to being a teacher. I talked all day. So part of it was like, okay, cool. I mean, I can get away with my using my mouth. And that lasted for a couple of years as I learned the material. So if you're going to make this drastic change, it doesn't make you weak to bring something from your previous life with you. That's, that's okay. Because when you're struggling, you can always have that fallback to be like, well, you know what? I can't be that off. Like, I'm good. I'm good at this. I'm good at this part. So I know I have work. I may suck at these other nine things, but that's that one thing. But if you jump into something where it's like you're zero for ten... And you just keep getting beaten down, beaten down. It's, 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 it's human nature to be like, yeah, I'm terrible at this. Bring something with you. Don't forget about your past. Your past got you to where you were. Bring that with you. You know what I mean? Like, in the white belt mentality, I bet you the best black belt still has his white belt somewhere in his closet. He didn't burn it. He didn't get rid of it. You know? Um, just that meant that, like, bring bring a little bit with you, man. That's, that's an important part. Every part of you is an important part of you. Don't forget all of it. Mr. Nice, you said it as best as you, as anyone could. I like that. You know, being able to learn not only from other people but from your past and and bringing it all together. So I always like to end with this: Who is Pedro Donez, and what do you want to be known for? See, the who always changes. Clearly, in your life, your who's always changes, but the what holds you accountable. What I want to do? No, just the what. What do you want to be known for? I want to be known as someone who, at the end of the day, was always passionate about the most important part of education, and that's children. And I love that word passion, because passion will make you run to a wall, you know? Love will make you get to the wall, you know? <laughs> Smarts, intelligence will make you get to the wall, and make you, you know? But passion will make you run through that wall, and figure out how you can get through the next wall without having to run through it. Because <laughs> running through walls hurt. Yeah. Um, I think long term, I want to be known as someone who was able to... I would love if 10 years from now, I was in a room full of teachers, young, Hispanic, black, BIPOC teachers who were like, yep, I heard your story, bro. They made me want to be a teacher. And now... Education is filled, and my children are more represented by people who look and sound like them. Now, in the interest of, again, transparency, I think that the world has great teachers. I do think that it's important for kids to have role models who are cut from the same cloth, who grew up where they're from, who made it out, so to speak. 
and who are in front of them now being like, hey, I'm here to teach you the way it is and I know what you're going through. So I'm not gonna empathize, but I'm gonna hold you accountable. That that empathy. So I think it would be amazing if if people came and I heard, and again, maybe they don't come to me. I don't mean that, I don't mean that for my ego, but they're like, you know, man, you're Pedro, yeah, I heard about you 10 years ago, man. You made me want to be a teacher. Or, you know, you made me realize that I wanted to be in education, or you may, or be a coach, or or realize that maybe I didn't love my job and I, I wanted to give back. Like, and it could be anybody. <laughs> Black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, like whatever you are, just I hope that more people are drawn to the teaching profession because the kids need them. Like kids are always gonna need teachers. You know, you talk you hear about computers and all this nonsense, so it's gonna be like kids need people in front of them be like, hey man, we're gonna get this. Let's just get there together. That's what I'd like to be known for. I would I would like to be known by as someone who inspired people to realize that they can be themselves and motivate kids to be themselves too. I like that. I think that's the best that's the best what I got in a while. <laughs> that's great, my man. All I right. appreciate your time. I know. You're a busy man, and you got to like them, you know. I got to kick the sneakers. Yeah. I got to explain the sneakers. Yeah, look at these sneakers. Look at, look at, you got all the fancy kicks. Yeah. We should have so, showed this earlier, but look at this, man. Listen, if you, if you know, if you know, you know. You know you got the PJ Tucker exclusive Kobe Bryant five pro trolls. You got the elite youth basketball leagues, and these just, and these are my these little holes right here. If you know, you know what these holes mean. You know that the boys are playing right now, as they say. But, uh, you know, next pod. <laughs> Next time we'll wrap it out and we'll see uh you know how everything's going. Yeah. That'd be good. Follow up. Maybe man. mid mid school year, right? Yeah, talk about the big action and how he's performing, see if he's getting see if he's getting busy, busy, right? Oh, yeah. Let's see if he's playing still. <laughs> but I appreciate you, my man. Full of knowledge and wisdom. Oh and... you think you know, I got something for you, Ray. Yes. You know, I have for you your very own big the big action. Yeah. Merch, baby. There it is. Oh, right there. That's beautiful, bro. That hashtag, they don't know, Pop. Cause yeah. they don't. They don't know. They the don't boys know. must play. The boys must play. Bro. My man, I appreciate you. Right, A lot man. of wisdom. That wraps it up today. I'm Ray Jazz, aka Ray, Ray Jazz. <laughs> this is another episode of the Breakfast Buffet. I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ray Jazz, of course.